Hey guys, welcome into the All In Podcast. We are live on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, thank you for checking it out. Uh, thank you for coming and hanging out with us for a little bit. We are back from our extended weekend. Uh, it's been a week since we did an episode. I am one of the co-hosts, Mike Badzik. I'm joined, like I am every episode, with Eli Cooper. What is going on, my man? Not much, man. We had a pretty exciting week of NFL football, and yes. uh, we are live during the first of two NFL Monday night games. So a big one going on right now in the Chiefs and Bills, uh, which should be a good one. Yeah, we were just talking about that before we came live, like how cool it is to have the double header on Monday night football. Like that yeah. should be a thing, right? That should always be a thing. I know like West Coast, it's only two o'clock over there. But right. you know what? They have a huge advantage every other Monday night football when we're staying up till midnight. It's only nine exactly. o'clock for that. So right. uh, I think it makes sense. I think it's great for the NFL. It looks like Travis Kelsey just scored a touchdown. Um, so that is going on. We are going to talk about the games that happened on Sunday. Uh, while you're checking us out, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that notification button so you'll know when we go live from now on. Uh, give us likes. Comment what you want to see us talk about during the show. Comment what we're currently talking about. Uh, and we'll show your comment on screen and, and possibly talk about that topic. Um, so let's get into it, Coop. Um, week 6 action. First one we want to talk about was the Bucks and Packers. This was probably the, you know, this was the Sunday 4 o'clock primetime game almost. Uh, and we were expecting a lot with Brady and Rodgers. It was not really a close it's game. The Bucks were pretty dominant. Um, yeah. Was, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was um, – it got off to a good start for the Packers. It looked like they were going to run away with it for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then a pick six from Aaron Rodgers. Um, and then an almost pick six that turned into a Ronald Jones touchdown yeah. really changed the tide in that game. And the Bucks really – um, just kind of took over from there. It was kind of crazy to see, you know, how quickly the momentum changed really with like two throws, yep. the, com the momentum completely shifted uh, in that game. And it was, you know, it's a bad look for the Packers. If you ask me, it, um, you know, it's a bad look for Aaron Rodgers going to go going up against, you know, uh, someone who we compare him to a lot, which is Tom Brady. And yes. getting beat that badly is not a good look, if you if you ask me. No, it's not. And I think we kind of have to reassess what we think of the Packers, right? I think coming yeah. into this week, we're thinking they're maybe the best team in the NFC. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is an MVP candidate. Can't really see uh, that anymore. Uh, you know, with being said, this is their first loss. So I don't want to put too much stock in. I don't want to write off their season because they lost this game in Tampa to a really good team. Uh, right. Tampa, we're probably looking at them a little bit differently too. They were able to really put their paws on them, but this was Rogers' first bad game. I think if we're looking at this for the Packers, you know, coming into this year, I did not, I was not as high on the Packers. You know, that was a wrong prediction for the first uh, five weeks here. It looked like they were going to be one of the best teams. I didn't really have them as that coming into the year, and right. you know, I think a lot of those problems is what we saw. Right, the defense isn't exactly special. And if Rodgers isn't clicking, you just don't know where the points come from. Uh, so I, I took this at – how about Gronkowski? Can we take a second? Gronkowski looking really good. Yeah, for, finally, cool. for the first time this yeah. year. Um, yeah. You know, other than I think he had one other solid game, he's been 
kind of a dud right yeah. throughout this throughout the mm-hmm. start of this year uh especially after bruce arian said he looked like the old gronk that was not true at all um, yeah so, you know <laughs> it is what it is but well, yeah, yeah he looked good happen. yeah yeah he no. looked good and you know how about him brady and, and gronk and they're kind of doing some of the stuff that they were doing in uh new england down the seam so i don't know yeah. i think i think the Bucks could be, you know, honestly, if we're looking at this and we're saying who's the best team in the NFC, it might be the Bucks right now, right? We don't trust the Saints. Uh, you know, I was high on the Rams. It looks like they're not the team that we thought they were. Um, yes. And, you know, the other team is probably Seattle, but that pass defense is so bad. Uh, you just wonder how it holds up in the playoffs. Now, Russell Wilson's probably the best player in the NFL other than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but so, so the Bucks, I think, are a serious contender. Uh, let's, let's move on to our second game then which was your team, the Eagles, against the Ravens. Uh, Eagles were, you know, they were a 10-point dog in this game at home. Yep. Coming in a 10-point dog at home. I thought that was a little bit too high, and I was on the Eagles. Um, it didn't look good for three hours. Uh, it looked pretty <laughs> bad. And yep. then, you know, the Eagles made a push at the end, actually had a two-point conversion to tie the game. Uh, so, as the Eagles fan, go ahead and give your thoughts on, on that game. Yeah, I mean, throughout the entire game, I was just like, okay, well, you know, it is what it is. The Ravens are clearly the better team here. Right. Um, so chalk this one up as another loss. Um, and then we kind of saw what happens if you can stop the Ravens' run game, right, mm-hmm. uh, and and get them off of the field quickly. And uh, Carson Wentz finally, um, you know, started to get himself into a rhythm and, and the Eagles started moving the ball and slowly but surely chipped away at it uh, to the point where they came all the way back to where they yep. just needed a two-point conversion um, to tie the game. I think they were down as much as 23, if I'm not mistaken, might have been even more than that. It was like mm-hmm. 23. It was like 30 to 7, something like that at one point, I believe. Not good. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, yeah, you're a two-point conversion away. And in typical Eagles fashion – we run a read option with Carson Wentz on the two yard. <laughs> that was line. so dumb. I'm just like, oh my, like what is that? What got you here? Is re, is the read option what got you right. back to tw- back to you know a two point conversion away from tying this game up? No, yeah. no, it wasn't. Like, come on, that's such an awful play call. And you're not running a read option with like a Lamar Jackson, right? Like, or or even sure. Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? Someone like that. You're running it with Carson Wentz, who like don't get me wrong. Very mobile and very athletic. Yeah. But no way on the goal line, especially someone who's injury prone like Carson Wentz, no way in a world on the goal line would I want to run a read option with Carson. That just, to me, that makes no sense. It's a right. bad play call. He had been making plays yeah. um, by, you know, with his arm, like extending plays with his legs and then making the throws. Why would you not give him the opportunity to do that on the two yard line? is beyond me um and it's it makes me wonder if doug peterson is the right coach anymore oh oh oh, okay and and here's why and and here's why he coaches totally different with carson wentz than what he does or did with nick Foles. yeah like the rpo game was heavily used when when nick Foles was there we don't really use it as much now with carson wentz and to me, it's like and, – and then you look at, like, the creativity that we had, like, in the Super Bowl. You get the the Philly special, right, which Nick Foles 
famously catches that touchdown. Like, where's the creativity here on the two yard line? Sure. Like, a, the read option is the is like, oh, I'm a I'm gonna get them with this one. We're gonna run the, the read option on the two yard line. Like you, the read option is most effective. Like when this when the field is spread out, not on the two yard line. To me, and and not with a quarterback like Carson Wentz who can't like break tackles or fall really fall forward. You know what I mean? Like maybe if you have a Cam Newton type running that on the goal line, mm-hmm. that makes sense, right? Like because he has this that QB power. He's a he's almost like a big running back. Carson Wentz isn't that kind of guy, so it doesn't really make sense to me to call that play. Um, and and Doug Peterson needs to be held accountable for that, man. Like that's and or or whoever's doing the play calling. Maybe maybe we need Frank Reich back. Maybe he was the genius of the offense, not well, Doug Peterson. I don't. And maybe that's, that's the issue. Thought. No, I mean, I, I think that's an interesting case that you're making against Doug Peterson here. Um, and, you know, he won the Super Bowl. So he's, you know, I think in the NFL, what, like how long does the Super Bowl buy you? Like six years guaranteed, seven Probably. years guaranteed. You know what I mean? You get yeah. to stay with the team and then and then you right. start looking at them. Uh, but I think that was a terrible play call. And I, I agree with you. I think I wanted to see Carson Wentz roll out of the pocket, you know, get him moving to his right, rolling out of the pocket, and then try to let him make a play. And if it ends up being his legs, it ends up being his legs. But don't take the pass out of his hands. I think, you know, if you're going to run a read option, put in Jalen Hurts. Like, why why even run that? Like, you basically take the ball out of Wentz's hands. And actually, Wentz's credit here, and we've been on him a lot this year. We've gone on Wentz a lot. He's pretty good, did pretty good, uh, considering what he has at his disposal, uh, considering the offensive line he has right now. And, the way that guys are getting after him, like he's making a lot happen. Um, so I think Wentz does deserve some credit for that. that uh, but that was a terrible call, you know, and, and to talk about the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, not been great actually this year, uh, not being great. He can't really, you know, he's still trying to throw the ball. Teams are being keen on making him throw the ball. Uh, and he's just not good at it. They got to a big lead running the ball. Uh, Eagles made adjustments where they pretty much forced him to stay in the pocket and throw the ball, and he did not want to do that. He's very quick to yeah. back up and roll to his right and try to get out of the pocket. And the further he backs up, uh, the worse it's going to be for him. Like he he needs to develop, and we talk about this with Baker Mayfield a lot too. When he in, in his first couple of years is like stepping up in the pocket rather than uh, backing up and rolling to your right. That only hurts him. He has not looked that good this year, but here they are. You know, they're they're four and one, so we can't really uh, hate on them too much. Or maybe five and one. Excuse me, they haven't had the bye week yet. Um, so, I think that overall, I'm looking at this, and if I'm the Ravens, I'm saying that was not pretty. That's not how we wanted to win this game, but we escaped with a W. From the Eagles, yeah. I'm saying we showed a lot of fight. You know, we, I know that me and you are, are not big moral victory guys here, but, you know, that's the team that had the best record in the AFC last year, and you're within a two-point conversion of taking them to overtime, uh, and you were down heavy, so you showed a lot of resilience there. I think that might matter going forward, right? You can kind of carry some of that momentum because uh, they're certainly not out of this thing, right? I guess the thing. We're talking about the Eagles, and they're a 1-4-1 and team, and normally we probably wouldn't even be talking about them on a show. Uh, right. Any other one four and one team we're probably not talking about, but right. they have a real shot at this, and and we know that because of the players they have, because of Doug Peterson being a Super Bowl winning coach, although he's not doing a great job as you mentioned, they're definitely not out of it. So I think maybe both teams can kind of look at this and have some positives. So, yeah, 
Um, like we do on a lot of shows, let's go from being sad and talking about your team to being happy and talking about my team. Uh, the, <laughs> the Steelers versus Browns was on Sunday. Oh, God. Yeah, you're okay. Yeah, Steelers kicked the crap out of them. It was 38 to 7. We are going to get to the Steelers here in the all in, all out segment that we do. So let's take a second and talk about the Browns. Uh, we talked about this last week and talked about, you know, what we saw from the Browns this week would kind of determine what we thought of them going forward. Uh, they were not close. It was, it was, it was a total mismatch. Uh, Baker Mayfield was pretty, really bad. Uh, you know, the running game is the running game, but they couldn't get it established. And once they went down early, they tried to force the ball with Baker and it just is, he's just not that quarterback. Yeah. Um, so, so give your thoughts on the Browns first, and you know, is Baker the guy? What do we think? Case Keenum coming in soon, or is he holding them back? What do you think? Oh, he's absolutely holding them back. I don't know that Case Keenum is any better sure. or elevates this team. Uh, so I don't know that you have to quite go there, but it's it's apparent that Baker Mayfield is not the franchise quarterback here. He's right. also um, holding you back from what you could possibly be. So, like, Baker Mayfield is the kind of quarterback where you can hide his flaws with a good running game, like we mentioned, mm-hmm. um, and you need an, but you need an elite defense. And that's what, the, that's what the Browns don't have. The defense isn't bad, per se, right? Like, it's not god-awful. Like, you know, you, but it's certainly not elite to where you're like, oh, man, we got the Browns on the schedule today. How are we going to score? Like, they don't have that right. kind of defense. And for you to have Baker Mayfield as your quarterback, that's the kind of defense you need, right? You need to control the clock and be able to control the tempo of the game because you don't want Baker Mayfield to have to throw any more than you you need him to, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the biggest part of that is that you can't get down early. And that's exactly right. what they did was they got down early because yeah. uh, then at that point you can't – go to your strengths, which is, which is the run game, right? So you can't rely on that. And that's where Baker Mayfield's flaws get exposed. I think what he threw a hunt for 119 yards and had two picks. One of them went to the house. So yeah, right. Yeah. Minka made a huge play and that's really what opened up the floodgates was his pick six. Um, Because I think that put him up. What was it? Was it ten nothing or 14? That put him up 10 nothing. Yeah. 10 nothing. Yeah. So right there you're down double digits within you know, what, five minutes of the first quarter. Mm -hmm. And then you're kind of like, all right, well, we kind of have to go off script now, um, which is not something that the Browns can afford to do with Baker as their quarterback. Um, Case Keenum is, is, is not going to be any different. So I don't think, you know, that's something that they should go to. You know, I think you just kind of have to stick it out with Baker at this point, since you're paying him number one draft pick money. So, but I, I think it certainly comes to the point where, you know, it's it's time to sit down and say, all right, we need a new – we need to look in a different direction as far as quarterback goes for the future because Baker ain't it. And you finally have the talent, like, that uh, as far as skill position players. Uh, obviously, Nick Chubb's out. Yeah. Um, but, you, find, you know, you have him and Kareem Hunt, you know, for the next few years. You've got OBJ. You've got Jarvis Landry. You've got mm-hmm. good, solid tight ends. So all these, all this talent that you're paying for on the offensive end is being wasted right now because Baker can't get those guys the ball. Besides the running backs, he can't get those guys the ball on a consistent basis, um, and it's hurt. It's hurting you. So uh, certainly, you know, and it's it's going to be tough because they're not going to be bad this year, right? They're probably going right. to be 
nine and seven, possibly, you know, 10 and six. I don't know what the schedule looks like, but somewhere in that range where they're probably going to make the playoffs. Um, and, you know, it doesn't, it's not easy to find franchise QBs that late in the first round if they mm-hmm. have, but I'm pretty sure they have their picks. But it's not easy to find franchise QBs that late in the first round. And also, you have to figure out something to do with Baker because you can't, he's going to be tough to move. You know what I mean? As far as trying to trade, I'm not sure anybody who's buying that product, uh, you know, for anything really in that case. So it could be a, you know, cut situation that yeah. you'll be looking at. I don't know if it happens this season or, <laughs> wow, like- or maybe in a sports season, but. It is uh, kind of crazy that we're talking about this for the number one overall pick, uh, you know, three years later. Yeah. And, you know, Coop, you know me well. I do not relish in being right about things. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> but, man, was I right about Baker Mayfield. He sucks. Yeah. I... Uh, but here's the thing. I'm not ready to write him off. I'm not ready to write off his career uh, per se. I think, you know, really, if you put him in the right situation, you know, his ceiling, right, his his ceiling, and, and this shouldn't be the ceiling of a number one overall pick, but his ceiling is probably Garoppolo last year, right? You know, great running game, fantastic defense. Don't ask him to do a lot. He can get him. Just don't mess, adult, hey, don't mess it up, QB. Hey, don't mess it up, QB, <laughs> yeah. which I think he actually could be. Yeah, uh, you know, if you if you put the right pieces, and we've seen, I mean, they're four and two, so he's doing at least some things, right? Right? We can't totally write him off yet. Yeah. Um, you know, albeit we're not sure about the teams he beat and how he beat them. Uh, but you know, like this is a common theme that we, you know, there is a class of quarterbacks. There is a tier of quarterbacks. Yeah. Who are just good enough, right? And they're not going to bring you back in games, uh, but if you but if you put them in the right situation. They can they can be enough. I think Baker probably falls in the bottom half of that tier. Uh, yeah, because yeah. because even even sometimes he will make bad mistakes and, and throw you out of the game. Um, you know, I think Case Keenum maybe you know because he's probably in that close to that tier as well. You know, we saw him with a really good Vikings team take them um, in, to the playoffs and you yeah. know uh, win a game in the playoffs actually. So, so I think he's probably in that same thing. I don't know if, if making the switch benefits anybody. Back? Yep. Sorry. Okay. So, uh, so I don't know if making the switch benefits uh, anybody per se. Like, you know, does Case Keenum improve them? I don't know if he improves them. Maybe he's a little bit steadier hand. Maybe, maybe that matters. And, and I think you're probably in the same boat anyway, in that nine, seven, ten, and six range, like you mentioned. Uh, but they are probably going to make the playoffs in this AFC with this expanded. You know, seven teams make it, so I wouldn't be surprised. So I'm not going to write, I'm not going to write them off for making the playoffs. But I think that you know this game definitely showed that they're in a tier below the best teams in the AFC. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's move on to our all-in, all-out segment, and we will start with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we mentioned here. Uh, and we are doing all-in, all-out the Steelers as the best team in the NFL. They are undefeated, so we have to talk about it. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> um, I don't know that I'm quite ready to call them the best team in the NFL. Um, I think they're certainly up there. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody should have them outside of their top three or four. Yeah. Um, and to, to say that they're not legitimate Super Bowl contenders, I think, um, is wrong. So, you know, I think I think I'd still take the Chiefs over them. Yeah. I, I do. I think I'd still take the Chiefs over them. Mm. But after that, I don't know, because I, I'm 
this weekend's uh, the Eagles' performance against the Ravens and really how they've played all season doesn't give me a ton of confidence in them. So I think I think I might have them at the two spot. Yeah, so they're in the conversation. Yeah, they're definitely in the conversation, right? They have to be. So here's the thing: um, I think if you asked me to give my Super Bowl prediction, who I think is going to win the Super Bowl. The Chiefs could be nine and seven, and I'm probably still going to pick them because they have Patrick Mahomes, right? Um, And and they, you know, they lose that game to the Raiders, and we're looking at them. And uh, what are they four and two now? I think so. I don't know if I can say necessarily that they're the best team in the NFL because of that. I'm still picking them to win the Super Bowl, like I said, no matter their record. But if you look at the Steelers, they're totally complete team, right? And the defense uh, from the defensive line to the secondary is fantastic. Uh, yeah. With Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick back there, you know, they have playmakers. Um, and T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree on the defensive line and Cam Hayward in the middle there have been fantastic against the run and the pass. Uh, now, Devin Bush did get injured this this game. Now, it looks like that's going to be a serious injury, so that actually does hurt the linebacking crew significantly. He's kind of the play caller, uh, signal guy, and, and the best linebacker they have. Vince Williams will step in, so we'll see what that does to them. That could be a big one. Uh, but Ben Roethlisberger, can Ben get some love uh, from, from the national media? Like, he has been pretty much flawless this season. Like, he's just not making any mistakes. Uh, he's hitting his guys. He's found his targets. Doesn't matter who it is, and they have a great receiving crew. Um, and, and Chase Claypool might be the best receiver in the draft from last year. Uh, he, here's a guy who, you know, from Canada, Notre Dame, like – you know, we're calling him Mapletron now. He's Calvin Johnson-esque, <laughs> right? So uh, I like I like that crew that they have. Not a lot of holes with this team. Not a lot of holes. Uh, are they the best team in the NFL? I'm going to say right now, yes. Am I picking them to win the Super Bowl? No. Uh, so I think I can I think I can make a distinction there. So fair, fair. Um, let's move on to another team who might be considered the best team in the NFL. Another undefeated team, and that's the Titans. They beat the Texans in overtime, and we're looking at Ryan Tannehill now as a potential MVP candidate because they're undefeated, and he's the quarterback of an undefeated team. I thought it was interesting. I saw a stat of him from the time he came in last year with them till now. If you match up his numbers with Mahomes, they're pretty comparable, actually. Yeah, I saw that. And, and, and the record has been there for Tennessee. So is he in the MVP race for you? Um, No. Depending on how far we're talking about the race, like would he be top five? I think so. Yeah. I think I'd put him in my top five. Um, but I think the real race is led by Russell Wilson still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would then put Mahomes up there. I don't know that I have him in the top two. I'm trying to think of who else probably is in the discussion. Yeah, I mean he's he's certainly in the top five, so I'm. I'm all in. I'm all in on Tannehill being in the MVP race. Yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in in him being in the race. Certainly, he's not the favorite right now. Russ has a lock on that. Uh, He's probably a big favorite right now, actually, Uh, just looking at Vegas odds, too. But I think Tannehill has to be in the race. I think Derrick Henry might be throwing his name in the hat, right? Like, he might be just what he just did to my fantasy team. Yes, he should be. Sure, sure. So, he he might be uh, just just squarely in the race. I think I beat you in fantasy last week, by the way. I don't know if we mentioned that on the podcast. No? No? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Don't recall. Okay, so uh, Tannehill, I think, has to be. He's been really good. And they're undefeated. Uh, and these two teams that we just talked about, Tennessee and Pittsburgh, play each other next week. Uh, so I think that'll be a telling game for, for both sides. We'll, we might learn a lot. So yeah, uh, I think Tannehill has to be there. So the next one, 
uh, is the 49ers as an NFC contender. Obviously, we might think of them as a no-brainer NFC contender, considering they won the NFC last year at the right. Super Bowl. Uh, but it was definitely a shaky start to the season. Uh, Garoppolo went down. When he came back, he looked bad. Now, last night against the Rams, they did win, and he looked, you know, solid Garoppolo, right? Steady hand at the wheel. Uh, didn't ask him to do too much. Are you buying the Niners as NFC contenders? Um, no, I'm out on them as contenders. And the biggest reason is because of the injuries. Like they just had too many, um, I would say detrimental injuries on the defensive end. No Nick Bosa, uh, you know, some other key guys in that front, uh, seven and even in their, uh, and their secondary being hurt. And the defense ultimately is what drives this team. So, you know, don't get me wrong. They're going to be, be able to win games and certainly make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, yeah, I'd say it's pretty safe that they're going to make the playoffs. But because of how well they run the ball, yeah, uh, you know, and, and even with their defense having so many injuries, they've been solid. So, um, uh, but I think they need that defense to be elite um, in order for them to really be NFC contenders. Mm-hmm. So, nah, I'm not, I'm all out. On the on the Niners as NFC contenders, I think I agree with you. Um, I think I agree with you because of what you say about the defense and the injuries. Like that is huge for them, yeah. especially you know the formula they have, which is a run heavy, play good defense formula. Uh, now I will say this: Kyle Shanahan is proven to be uh, one of the best coaches in the NFL. I think I think that's hands down. He has to be, and we can we can talk about how he got his job and 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 some of the you know problems in the system that led to that. However, he's really good at it, right? Like he's really good at his job. He's really good at uh, calling plays. He's really good at designing plays. So I think he deserves some love. He kind of went head to head, right? I think I think we're starting to call the Shanahan McVay matchups the Genius Bowl uh, because of their reputations. Um, so I, I say at 49ers, I, I cannot see, you know, if you're just looking at the surface, are they the best team in the NFC? I'd say no. You know, the argument might be nobody else has really taken the claim to that, Yeah. you know, definitively anyway. So maybe they do have a shot, but I'd say no because of the injuries, like, like you mentioned. So uh, let's play another one with an NFC contender. And this is the Bears, right? So I think we have to start actually taking them seriously. I was high on the Panthers. I was betting on the Panthers to win this game because I – didn't think that the Bears were for real, right? I thought it was kind of kind of just for show. Nick Foles, yeah, I don't really buy it. Uh, but that defense is really good, and Nick Foles is just doing enough. Do you think they're NFC contenders? Um, yeah, I do, actually. Um, I think I think with Nick Foles under center, mm-hmm. they, they're certainly NFC contenders. Uh, he's proven that he can not only win the NFC, but he can be a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback at least. Yeah. Um, you know, and and really in this case, he's doing it in a different way. It's not really like we mentioned, it's not really him, you know, making these incredible throws, but he's doing enough to allow the defense to kind of carry them through games. And he makes enough throws to win it, uh, which is something that he's proven that he can yeah. do. Um, so with how good this defense is, yes, I do think the Bears are NFC contenders. They're good enough to win it. I think they need to run the ball a lot better than they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, looking at the NFC right now, I don't have a ton of faith um, in many other teams. And the Bears look good. Yeah, the Bears look good, right? So I, I you know, instinctively probably would say that 
I would be out on this. Uh, I would probably say that I would be out and Sean's flaming you in the comments. As always, thank you, Sean, for that. Uh, you know, that's part of my job and, and Sean always helps in the comments. So, um, you know, I think instinctively I'd probably say out because I just don't think Nick Foles is a, a quarterback you can, you can win the NFC with. The Eagles would disagree because it's happened for them. Yeah, uh, right. You know, they, they figured out the formula. Uh, I just I just can't see it. Now, I think I do have to start giving them their respect. They're right as one of the best teams in the NFC, and they're going to be there, you know, every week. I guess the consistency would be the question mark. You know, are they a team that's going to show up one week and not show up the next week? That remains to be seen with Nick Foles. They've yeah. certainly been really good so far. Uh, so that that's that's it's hard to argue. So, um, okay, well, that wraps up our NFL topics. We are going to move on today to baseball what baseball uh so let's see this so we got world series preview uh both the alcs and nlcs went to game sevens they were a fantastic series really entertaining baseball to watch um so we have the world series now which is dodgers Rays, both of the one seeds in both leagues so i think the expanded playoffs had to have been called a success right we we were kind of worried that we were not going to get the best teams we did we got the two best teams in baseball world series you couldn't ask for anything better yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your prediction on this, Coop? Uh, well, it's funny because the last time we did a baseball episode um, was right before it was going to start back up. We had our guy Dan Thiel on sure, with shout us. Out shout out to you. Dan. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we talked about possible teams not named. We had, what, the Dodgers, Astros, and Yankees, yeah. right? Yep. We had those three teams, and we did a segment where which team not named as one of those three can possibly make a run to the world series. And the Rays were one of those teams that we talked about. I believe that was you. I want to say that, that uh, had the Rays as one of those yep, teams. Yep. Um, and here they are, here they are. Um, they were, they were great throughout the regular season. Like you said, the best team in the AL uh, and the number one seed. And here they are taking on a Dodgers team that has uh, one, an incredible roster. If we're, if mm-hmm. we're being, if we're being frank, um, yep. And it's shaping up for a really good, really good World Series. Um, I had to get back into baseball for this um, because of how, you know, obviously with the podcast, but just in general, I wanted to get back into watching baseball. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this series, man. Yeah. I like the Rays. You like the Rays? Okay. I like David Slane <laughs> in this one. I really do. I, I, I don't have any logic behind it if you, yeah, you don't need when it you, you don't need when it. you look at it on paper right it, it's like all right well the dodgers are the better team here yeah um but how often does that actually turn out to be uh in baseball is where the the team with the super high payroll mm-hmm. uh, with the loaded roster ends up winning it i'm i'm taking the raise um it's going to be as good as uh the alcs and nlcs were I'm going seven games, Rays take it in seven. I love it. I love that pick, and I love the rationale behind it. The Rays are an incredibly fun team. Uh, Kevin Cash has those boys. You know, a lot of the guys probably coming into the playoffs, you might not have known. That was a fun exercise that me and and some guys were doing is, you know, how many Rays do the average person know, right? Uh, And they've had guys just step up in superstar ways. Uh, You know, our guy Randy Arizona has just been unbelievable, right? Like out of nowhere, really, almost out of the league. Uh, G-Man Choi has turned into a superstar, uh, and that pitching staff really just gets it done. They just have guys. Uh, it hurts me to say, right, because former Pirates on that staff, Tyler right. Ross now, Charlie Morton, 
uh, you know, but they're unbelievable. Uh, that bullpen, right? They got like three or four guys who throw 98 plus. Uh, that's kind of rare to see. The Pirates deserve do. I agree. I agree. Neil Huntington. <laughs> Neil Huntington really should get a ring, right? Uh, you know, sitting on his couch after he ruined the Pirates. Uh, but I will say I, I, I'm probably cheering for the Rays for that reason, and I'm also cheering against the Dodgers because that lineup is so star-studded. It's almost not fair when you look at it. Um, you know, all of the guys they have, two of the five best players in baseball there. Cody Bellinger stepped up huge last night with that go-ahead home run. That was awesome to see. Uh, he always looks like he's high. He's probably not, but, man, he looks like he's high. I don't get it. I don't know why. Normal <laughs> people don't look that way, but he always looks like he's high. Oh, uh, so he's man. like the mean king of the playoffs. Uh, you know, <laughs> I question their bullpen, right? So I think if yeah. I'm looking at it and I say, okay, what wins this series? It's probably not the star-studded lineup because that's just not really how it goes usually in playoff baseball. A lot of times you look to the bullpen, and, and I certainly don't trust Kenley Jansen at all. Uh, and yeah. I trust those guys for Tampa a little bit more. Yeah. And With I, don't being trust, said, I don't trust Kershaw in the postseason. Well, I don't trust Kershaw, right? It was so funny watching Kershaw, and he blew it again, and he was terrible, and you're just watching him in the in the playoffs, and it's like Groundhog Day. It's like every year he just you – know, now, now, now here's the thing about um, you know Kershaw. He's probably the third or fourth pitcher that they rely on in these playoffs, yeah. right? Because Dustin May is fantastic. Walker Buehler is fantastic. Uh, you know, they just have so many guys. Uh, yeah. Here's the other thing with the Dodgers. So, so um, they've now been to the World Series. This is their third time in four years. Normally, we're looking at dynasty status. But because they haven't been able to win one, right. uh, we can't say that for them. And they've just been on this great run. And they haven't been able to get over the hump. Uh, so, so I think 63 teams have, have been three out of four World Series. And a lot of them are just Yankees teams that keep doing it over and over again. Right. Um, the last time that a team went to the World Series three out of four times and didn't win any of them was back in the 1910s. Um, it only happened twice, right? So I think history is probably on the Dodgers' side here. Yeah, uh, they are the big favorite. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I think they finally get over the hump. You know, they have Mookie Betts, who deserves to be recognition as as one of the two best players in baseball. You know, you mix him with Cody Bellinger and Justin Turner and, and Seager and just the laundry list of dudes that they have. Yeah. It's hard to pick against them. I will say, the Rays are unbelievable. I would not be surprised one bit if they win this series. And I think it goes seven games as well. Uh, and I think the Dodgers win it in seven games. So I'll, I'll go Dodgers. We can, we can go opposites on this one. Fair. Uh, but, yeah, I'm excited. It was, it's been a great playoffs. I think it's, it's, it's sad that it's been overlooked a little bit because of, you know, basketball going on at the same time, football going on at the same time. Yeah. It really sucks because this has been one of the best baseball playoffs in a long time. Um, but, but I'm glad we got to talk about it. And hopefully we'll get to talk about it again. Maybe bring our guy Dan on. Maybe bring our guy Marcus on, uh, big-time baseball player in Western PA. Um, so uh, our guy Dave, uh, appreciate the love. Dodgers in six. I'll go Dodgers in seven, and you can have Rays in seven. So, um, all right, that is all we have today. This feels weird. I think this is our first episode about three months not talking any basketball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so uh, what else we got going on at the network, Coop? So we have a lot going on at the network. Um, all in Politics just dropped a new episode on Saturday. Uh, their video and audio is up on Apple, Spotify, 
um, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, audio, uh, also available on our YouTube channel. So make sure you hit that subscribe button mm -hmm. uh, so you can catch up with the latest on the All In Network, um, including All In Politics. Um, for us, uh, as, as far as the website goes, we have um, some exciting new articles out. Um, Mike Burton Moran, who writes our Not That You Asked, but uh, blo weekly blog column comes out every Friday. Um, read a nice, wrote a nice piece uh, about how we could possibly improve our democracy with um, technology and voting and things like that. Um, so some interesting ideas proposed there. My latest article about the misconceptions of uh, Kamala Harris's mm -hmm. prosecution record is also up. Um, I made an appearance on All in Politics uh, the week before last uh, to talk about that. So you can always go back and watch that um, to get or listen to that uh, to get a little more perspective uh, on her prosecution record and some of the blatant lies. Or I should say I should really say misleading uh misleading statements that are made about it. Um, you can learn about that either on the article on the website or in the podcast on the all in politics feed. Um, so yeah, so we've got a lot going on. Also, you can also uh, find our website, allinnetwork.net, where you can see, you can find our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find the audio podcast links, our merch stores, as you can see this beautiful black hoodie that I have on today are all in beautiful here. Uh, we've got Rain and Bliss merch as well um, that you can purchase. And we may be coming out with some new stuff uh, as well for some of the other shows that we have on the network. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and you can also get free 30 days of Amazon Prime uh, available on the website as well. So head over to the website, uh, you know, and, and get yourself 30 days of free Amazon Prime. Yes, sir. Allinnetwork.net is really the place to be for all of our content. Uh, make sure you go there. And, and All In Politics, guys, if you're not listening to All In Politics with everything going on right now and the election, which is in, what, two weeks? Uh, so, yeah. so really, guys, make sure you're, you're tuned into them. Great content there. Uh, and Coop had a really good appearance there. Another brother were talking about uh, Ice Cube and, and everything going on. With yeah. Him. That was an interesting conversation. I'd like to hear that one. Um, so make sure you guys go check them out uh, and check out all of our content, allinnetwork.net. Make sure you subscribe. This was episode 47, All In Podcast. I'm Mike. He's Coop. Uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us for a little bit. Thanks for listening. See you guys later this week.